Welcome into Buccaneers Insider Live, presented by Miller Lite. This is Casey Phillips and Scott Smith. We are always here to talk about all the topics you want us to talk about. So we want to give you a chance to ask all those questions. Head on over, if you're not already watching there, to our Facebook page, and you can leave a comment underneath the live video. And as always, we love hearing where you're watching from if you do have a question for us. So as we give people a chance to yeah, start submitting, start, yeah, yep. we already got people in there uh, starting to say where they're watching from. And um, we did get a chance to finally hear from some of the players. They're yeah. back in the building. Always a great uh, time when you feel like it's coming back. It's not really back because they're not really getting to practice, but there are at least guys in the building working out, and a few of them got to speak to the media. So anything that you felt like you learned or takeaways from the guys that, that spoke this week? Yeah, so they're back because the offseason program has begun, and since the Buccaneers have a new coaching staff, a new head coach, they get to come back a week earlier than most of the other teams. And, you know, we took advantage because our coaches, Bruce Arians and the rest of them, have been really eager to work with the players, and they really couldn't until now. And as an example of that, Vernon Hargraves spoke, the cornerback, uh, fourth-year cornerback now. Is where everybody's joking about how he's kind of like one of the veterans in the room now right. and, and hasn't felt like that before. Um, the thing about Vernon was at the uh, at the owners' meetings the week before, you know, Bruce Arians, like all the head coaches, sat down with the media for like an hour. And at one point, um, actually in a session before that, he was talking about how he was very comfortable with both Vernon and Carlton Davis as the outside corners playing press man coverage, which is what they're going to do, which, mm -hmm. by the way, Vernon is very, very, very happy about. Right, yeah. A uh, little unsure yet what's going to happen in the slot and – Coach Arian said he'd prefer to just leave Vernon on the outside and let somebody else find another solution in the slot, and Vernon sounded like he liked that idea as well. But what I find most interesting about it was at the uh, owners' meetings when he had already said that he was confident in Vernon and Carlton, and I asked him, you know, how have you been able to evaluate Vernon and have this confidence in him when really he hasn't played a ton over the past two seasons? He only played one game last year. He played well in it, but then he got hurt and was out for the rest of the year, and he had some struggles and some injuries in his second season as well, 2017. And, and Bruce said, well, you know, they've evaluated what they can, but it goes all the way back to the draft. And when he was with Arizona, he really, really liked Vernon in the draft. They were a little too far down to get him. We ended up drafting him at um, – nine or 11 mm -hmm. and um they were too far down to get him but they liked him a lot they say he's perfect for this system he does mm -hmm. everything they want him to do and so you know i wrote about it a bunch of other people wrote about it and word got back to vernon that that coach was saying such nice things about him he said he just couldn't stop smiling it just it meant so much to him to be walking into this building this year and beginning work with a coach he really didn't know but knowing that that coach and the coaching staff here has utmost, utmost confidence in him yeah that's that's huge and i mean big. and again when you're coming off an injury and then there's a new coaching staff. I imagine that that's got to be kind of a stressful time for a player of like, man, sure. I, they don't have any recent tape on me. What are they going to think of yeah. me? So that's got to be the greatest thing for him in well, general. I mean, Vernon, okay, he had a he was a first-round draft pick. He had a pretty typical rookie season in 2016. The best thing about it was he played like 95% of the snaps. So it was tons of experience. And he played some in the slot and he played some on the outside. Uh, it was, you know, ups and downs, but what you'd expect from a rookie. And then his second year, again, there were struggles, and he even admitted that during that year. And then last year it looked like he would turn things back around but then missed the whole season due to injury. So it's fair to say that Vernon hasn't yet established himself as that player you'd expect from a first-round draft pick. But he hasn't had a lot of opportunities the last couple of years. And now, as he says, as the coaches say, he's, he's going into a system that should fit his skills a lot better. So that's really exciting because – when you start talking about the needs that the Buccaneers need to fill to, to make a defense that really had bad results last year a lot better, you're not going to be able to upgrade every position in the draft. I mean, if we take a defensive end in the draft in the first round, then we're not getting a linebacker or we're not getting a safety or we're not right. getting a corner. And so you just can't s sign or find in the draft a new star at every level of your defense. So if you can take a guy who, for various reasons, hasn't had been able to contribute much the last couple of years and all of a sudden he's a very productive starter, that's almost like adding something new. 
and we're going to need some of that for this defense to turn around. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, we have a question Ooh. from Latre, who's watching from Upland, California. Oh, cool. Uh, what do you think about Winston's strategy to bulk up this season? Well, the, uh, I have to defer to um, Jason and, and the coaches, Jason Light, and they said it's not a problem. And really, the the idea is that he's putting on muscle mass. So uh, I guess somebody described it as him just having a bit more armor. You know, he's always been described ever since he was being evaluated before the draft as being similar in some ways to Ben Roethlisberger. And they both, for one thing, do a very good job of making something happen when the play breaks down and they break out of the pocket. They're two of the best in the league at that. And, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, as we've seen ourselves, he's hard to sack sometimes. Guys tend to fall off him. They can't get him down. And if that if that adds a little bit of that to uh, Jameis's game, that'd be a good thing. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, Brian has an interesting question. Uh, he says, when do you think before the draft they know who they truly want? So when have that they really made – That is a very good question. Yeah, when have they made that decision yeah. of if this guy's here, this is our guy? I would suspect about a couple weeks beforehand. And, and you know, it kind of depends on where you're picking because if you're picking 20th, you can't really do that because you don't have any idea how the first 19 picks are going to unfold. For instance, in 2017 – I doubt that O.J. Howard was our plan A, B, or C because he was being projected as a top 10 pick. So you got to be able to, to adjust. And in this case, the Bucks are picking five, so they can do a lot better job of projecting what's probably going to be there. But you also have to be prepared for the possibility that you might get a trade down offer that mm -hmm. you uh, can't pass up. So you have to obviously be flexible and have contingency plans, which they will tell you they have contingency plans out the door. But – it is reasonable to think that with the fifth pick, the Buccaneers could hone in on a specific guy that they think is going to be there. And I would suspect they they get that in their minds. They come to some sort of agreement a couple weeks before the draft, and then they continue to play out scenarios. They continue to bounce it off each other. Okay, are we sure we're all in on this guy? And so I don't think they really lock in a decision until right, right beforehand, but I would say a couple weeks before they probably have a good idea what they're going to do. Okay. And, uh, of course, his name is Scott, so this is appropriate. Okay, going to so put you on the spot here. Person. Yes, gonna, very. which means he's, his question Bayo. is good. Uh, he said, who do you think the Bucks will pick? So he's putting you on the spot. Well, I mean, I think this happens every week. Mm -hmm. Boy, I'll tell you what. I'm going to have to go with the thought that – because to answer this question, I have to know who's off the board, right? I'm going to have to go with the thought that the Cardinals do eventually – trade Josh Rosen and take Kyler Murray first. And then I and then there's a lot of options. A lot depends on what happens with the 49ers, Jets, and Raiders. But let's just say they all decide to take the what are considered, I think, the top three defensive linemen, Quinn and Williams, mm -hmm. in some order, Nick Bosa and Josh Allen. So if those guys are off the board, I think you're looking at either Devin White, the LSU linebacker, or another pass rusher. And obviously, I'm not up there in the room. I don't know who's the next guy on their board. But, but on a lot of the mock drafts and a lot of lists, the next guy there is Mississippi State's Montez Sweat. Um, I would think you'd be picking from those two if I'm the GM. And I'd probably go with the defensive end. Okay. Uh, Bertrand said, do you think they will trade up for a higher draft pick? I doubt it. And that just – it's not something we've done very often. It's not something we've done at all and since Jason Light has been um, the GM that is trade up in the first round. We've traded up in other rounds. So he's certainly not afraid to do that. But you have exactly seven picks. You don't have any extras anywhere unless you make a trade down at some point. Uh, and so it's going to cost you a lot. I mean, if, what are you trading up for, first of all? I guess you're trading up if you think there's a, there's a big drop-off between the first three defensive Eight. ends or something like that. If you think – Quinn and Williams or Josh Allen is head and shoulders above the next guy, that would be the only real reason because the Bucks aren't going to trade up for a quarterback, right? right? And if they like Devin White, he's probably going to be there at five. Uh, so 
uh, I don't think it's likely because you have to give up so much assets. You probably could go, say, from five to three. You might have to give up your second-round pick. That's and tough. I don't know. Do you really want to spend for your first two picks on that first guy? I think you'd rather have that second-round pick so you can take a linebacker or an offensive tackle or something like that. So I think it's, I think it's highly unlikely. Okay. If anybody's trading up to one of the picks above five, it's going to be a team trading up to get a quarterback. And that's what we hope they do because then we won't even we have to that. train up. Beca- <laughs> that's right. Because then the guy we that's want like is more likely to be there. Us, yes. Yeah, that's a great point. We should just be like, you know, hyping up these quarterbacks like well, crazy. Yeah. You know, to all these I'm sure teams. if we like, could, man. we would, yeah. yes. I'm sure they're valuing yeah. our our input as well. They're like, well, Casey and Scott said this quarterback's yeah. amazing. We I mean, really Dwayne should trade Haskins, up. Yeah. you can't pass on What that. a guy. <laughs> Drew Locke, the arm strength. Incredible. Michael wants to know, what is the plan for Alex Kappa? Well, I think he's got a very real – I think the plan is to let him compete for the starting right guard spot, which is really the only open spot right now. Um, it's already been made clear that that probably is not going to remain Caleb Beninock's job, but they're going to they're gonna try him at tackle. I think he's better at tackle, where he played pretty well at the end of the 2017 season. Um, so right guard is kind of open, and uh, I know Earl Watford, who we signed, probably has a chance to compete for that. But I think best-case scenario for the Buccaneers, since they drafted this guy and, and put some time into developing a small school prospect with a lot of talent, is that he steps in as your starting right guard. If he doesn't win that job, I would suspect they would fall back on what they said last year, which is he could really be a super sub because he's got the capability of playing pretty much all five positions. So uh, that would be plan B, but I'm sure best-case scenario is he wins the starting right guard job. Uh, Chris said he's watching from Southern Maryland, and he said, uh, do you think McCoy will play snaps on the edge when we line up in 3-4 packages? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think there'll be a lot of mixing around of guys. Um, I think just about anybody on that line, maybe not Vita Vea, but maybe everybody else could probably be expected to line up at various spots on the line, yeah. Okay. Um, So someone actually asked if, if we had let go of Brent Grimes, how much money would we save? Well, he's a free agent. Right. So that figured. It didn't save us anything. Right. So that's what I was going to. It's already factored in. Yeah. He, his contract expired. He's an unrestricted free agent. So he, he had no bearing on our cap going into this season. Right. Uh, Dennis said he thinks we'll trade picks this year for picks next year since we have limited cap space right now. So what are your thoughts on the idea does cap space affect the way that you, you yeah. draft? I uh, No. I don't think so at all. Um, I, I understand the logic there. I'm not saying that's an illogical thing to say, mm-hmm. but um, they will be able to have enough cap space to sign to sign every draft pick that we get. It's not going to be an issue. Okay. Uh, Dwayne asked, will we see Bobo Wilson this year? I like that idea. I was talking about that with somebody the other day. You know, we're talking about that open slot job now that Adam Humphreys is gone, right? Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, obviously, as, as uh, Coach Aaron said at the Combine, Chris Godwin's going to play in there in a, a lot. So that takes a lot of the answer. And we've talked about how you could put tight ends there. Right. Uh, but, you know, you could still have a guy in your mix, your receiver mix, who you think of as a slot receiver. And I think Bobo could do that. And uh, also, obviously, he showed last year he can help in the kick return game. I thought he was the best of the guys who, who got a chance at that. And, um, you know, one of the things that's been – he's played – I think five games the first year and five games last year, uh, you know, got called up at the end of both seasons, uh, but hasn't been able to stick as a, you know, a full 16, full season guy yet. But he was blocked by a lot of guys ahead of him. And now you take Adam Humphreys out of the mix and you take uh, uh, Deshaun Jackson out mm-hmm. of the mix. Obviously, you added Brashad Perryman. But still, I think there's a little bit more opportunity there. There were other guys that were sort of ahead of him, like uh, that were favorites of the old coaching staff, like Freddie Martino, mm-hmm. who I liked as well. But um, – 
there's there's a little bit less in front of uh, Bobo now. So you know the draft could change that, but I think maybe he's got a better shot at breaking the, uh, the preseason with the active roster. And in that case, you know all you got to do is be on the roster, and then and then you got your shot, right? Does that apply to Justin Watson as well in your mind? Well, I kind of kind of already figured him in there mm -hmm. uh, as a as a draft pick who was on the team all last year. I mean, he'll have to prove himself to a new coaching staff, but he would seem like a guy who would get a little bit more opportunity the next year, yeah. So. Okay, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. We'll see you back here next week, and we're going to be shooting another road to the draft right after this, so stay tuned to Buccaneers.com for all the coverage of the upcoming draft.